Hey, welcome to the podcast for Scotts Hill Baptist Church. We hope this message helps you discern what is true, what is right, and what is good. We pray that it is an encouragement for you today. We are in a series called Neighboring, and our hope is that you are inspired to reach your neighbors with the gospel. We pray that you will join God in his work of transforming the lives of the people that live around you. We conclude this series by being reminded that we need to be more than good neighbors to the people who live near us. We need to introduce them to Jesus. We need to share our testimonies. And we need to point them to the hope in Jesus Christ. Enjoy the message. What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? Oh, uh, hey, welcome, welcome to my home, um, and welcome to the last message in our neighboring series. We're so glad that you're joining us today, and I'm so excited for what God has for us. I was just watching uh, my favorite movie of all time, uh, The Notebook. I mean, Friday Night Lights, Friday Night Lights, yeah, I was watching Friday Night Lights. Well, that was embarrassing, but seriously. As I'm watching these romantic movies with my wife, I've realized a consistent scene that keeps popping up. It seems to be at the heart of all these rom-coms. It's the scene where the guy realizes how much he messed up with the girl of his dreams. He processes his emotions and finally realizes that he loves her. And of course, he goes and starts processing this with his best friend who's somehow both the comedic relief and a source of wisdom throughout the movie. And the scene goes down something like this. I want to act it out for you. The guy sits there and he starts telling his friend how he feels and he says, man, I never got the chance to tell her how I really feel. And now it's too late. Yeah, sure. Did you mess up? Yeah, pretty big actually. But if you really love her, you gotta let her know. That means you gotta get off that couch and get on that plane. Get on that boat. And get on that train. And get on that submarine. You gotta get off that couch and get on that vehicle of transportation that she's leaving you on. Man, you're right. I gotta go tell her. And what follows is usually a cheesy montage of him rushing to catch the love of his life before she leaves. He runs to the airport, sprints through security, gets to the gate as fast as he can, looking for her everywhere, and he can't seem to find her through the crowd. And then magically the crowd parts and there she is, wind blowing in her hair and everything. Cue the happy ending. He goes up to her, he apologizes, he confesses his love, he promises to always make her smile, and a few other lines that you'll find in last minute marriage proposals, they kiss and roll the credits. I mean, honestly, it's a pretty good formula. It definitely gets you in your feels. It's this idea that when you process what really matters most, you're actually able to express your love. And as crazy as it sounds, in this neighboring series, that's exactly what we want you to be able to do as you process what matters most. See, remember, when we first started this series, we read in Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 28, we remember what really matters most. Read with me. It says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. 
and seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so when we see what really matters most is to love God with everything we got and to love our neighbors as ourselves, we're actually able to express the love that we have for our neighbors. And so in this series, we really want you to be able to show God's heart for people with your neighbors. We want you to be able to invite them into your home and into community. And we want you to be able to share the hope that transformed your life with your neighbors. Two weeks ago when Pastor Phil started this series, he reminded us that God's heart is a heart for people. And then he challenged us to introduce ourselves and to get to know our neighbors and to begin to pray for them by name. And then last week, we were reminded of the reality that we need to invite our neighbors into our home. Our home isn't just a place of safety and security. It's actually a place of invitation and to have community at our table. Pastor Jeff had incredible ideas about how we can start in the street and focus on the front porch and then turn our tables in order to build community with our neighbors. And today, I want to empower you to be able to share the hope that transformed your life. I want us to be a group of people, a church that shares the message of Jesus with our neighbors. I believe that's how we will see and join God in His work of transforming our neighborhoods. And so I can't help but wonder, how does that idea make you feel? How do you feel about the thought of sharing your testimony with your neighbors? about sharing the message of Jesus with others. I'm sure for some of you, you're already intimidated. Some of you might be scared to death, and then others might be ready to roll. No matter where you are in processing your emotion in terms of sharing your testimony, sharing your story, there's a truth that I believe applies to all of us as Christians, and that's simply this, that the gospel is meant to be shown with our actions and shared with our words. That's right, if you follow Jesus, if you believe in Him and have put your faith in Him as a Christian, I believe that you are supposed to share the gospel with your words as well as showing it with your actions. I think that's what we see in God's word here in Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 13. It says, "'For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved.'" How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not ever heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. See, we are saved when we put our faith in Jesus and call on him to be our savior. It's pretty straightforward. He is the only way for us to be saved, and everyone who calls on Him will be saved. See, as Christians, we believe this truth that our world is broken, and that we, as humans, as people, are broken. 
We've missed the mark. God created us to live a certain way and we fall short all the time. In fact, sometimes we're even disobedient. It's called sin. And because of sin, we are separated from God. We're separated from a holy God because he is so far removed from sin that he couldn't even be in relationship with it. And so we're separated from God because we have sin and he is holy. And no matter how hard we try to prove how good we are, we can never earn our way back. No matter how much we think we tip the scales in our favor with good deeds and and hard work and kind acts, the reality is, is that we'll never measure up. But the good news, the good news is that God made a way. He made a way through His Son, Jesus. He sent his one and only son to come and live a perfect life and then to die on our behalf, to live a perfect life and then to pay the penalty for our sins. Jesus sacrificed himself for us and for you out of love. And we believe that is how we are saved because God in his good grace gives us, offers us his son, Jesus as somebody who will pay for our sins, as somebody who will bring us righteousness. It's not something that we can earn on our own. It's something that can only come from God. And the good news is that if you're here listening to this today, if you're watching this today, everybody includes you. Even if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, If you call on the name of the Lord, if you call on Jesus Christ, asking him to forgive you of your sins, asking him to be the Lord of your life, asking him to come into your life, to give you the Holy Spirit, you will be saved. If you accept that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus is the Son of God who died for you on the cross, and if you confess your sin and turn away from the things of this world and turn towards God, you will be saved. And it's my hope and my prayer that you do so today. It's not too late. Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's an incredible verse, one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. But what follows it are some tough questions. Let's look again at verse 14. What does it say? It says, how are they to call on him in whom they've not believed and how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching? Man, the questions of verse 14 are pretty tough. How can they call on Jesus if they don't believe in him and how are they supposed to believe in him if they've never heard about him and how are they supposed to hear about him if no one tells them? Well, I have a thought here that I believe comes from this scripture. What if God's plan for your neighbors to hear the message of Jesus is you? What if God in his providence, his plan for your neighbors to hear about his son who saves them is you telling them? What if? Not what if. I believe it's actual truth. I believe that God has a plan for you in your neighborhood, and I believe that he wants you to share the message of Jesus with your neighbors. And I know it's easy to think, man, I'm not a pastor like you, Josh. I'm not trained for this. I'm actually pretty 
unqualified. I'm not very outgoing. In fact, I have social anxiety and plus I don't really know my Bible that well. And all of that might be true. But at the same time, I believe that God's word shows us that if you believe in Jesus, you're still sent to share about Jesus. That's what we see in verse 15. Look with me again. It says, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? So you need to be sent. And you know what? Let's go ahead and make it official. If you're saved, you're sent. Congratulations. You've been sent into your neighborhoods. Maybe this was the first time that you've ever heard that. But I want to tell you straight up, personally, you are sent into your neighborhoods. Because the reality is is that the gospel needs to be shown with our actions and shared with our words. We can't keep believing the lie that by being nice to our neighbors that we're sharing the gospel with them. No, we actually have to use our words. Sure, kindness is great. Go ahead, continue being loving and caring towards your neighbors. Just don't stop there. Don't just show goodwill towards your neighbors. You should share the good news. Because here's the truth, kindness doesn't save people. Your love for other people won't save them. Only Jesus will save them. And if you truly believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world and that He is the only way for us to be reunited with God the Father, He is the only way for us to receive eternal life, He is the only way for people to find purpose in this life and eternity forever with God, the best way to show them love is actually to share that truth with them, to invite them into a relationship with Jesus. The best way to show them love is to build a relationship with them and then talk about who Jesus is and what he's done for you. The truth is, if you follow Jesus, you're not just the people of God, you're also preachers of the gospel. You have been called to join God in his mission. When we say joining God in his work of transforming lives, that's not just some silly slogan at Scotts Hill. No, that's what we believe to be the calling on our lives. And not just the church staff and the volunteers who are sold out. No, we're talking about every single one of you. Every single person who is a part of Scotts Hill, we believe has been sent into the mission. And we believe that because of what God's word says. Go ahead and check out with me 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is what it says starting in verse 18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. God calls us his ambassadors. Isn't that crazy? Like, wow, God must have some serious trust in us. Well, in fact, that's exactly what we read in verses 18 and 19. Look again, 
In verse 18, it says, All this from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You want to talk about being sent? Here it is. Here it is again. We see it in Scripture. God has given you a ministry. The ministry of helping people be brought back to God. That's what reconciliation means. It means that people who are far from God are brought back to him. And the only way is through Jesus Christ. So we share the message of Jesus. And in verse 19, it says, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And, and this is incredible to read, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. God literally says, hey, you, Christian, hey, you, sitting there on your couch watching this, hey, you, sitting there, I'm entrusting you with the message of my son to the world. Wow. And I know that you might think, man, I am so unqualified for this. In fact, it might be kind of like you applying for a job that you have no business applying for, but then actually getting it. Like you applied as a joke, like, hey, watch this. I'm gonna apply for this job even though it's not even realistic. But then you actually get the job and you're sitting there going, they must be desperate. I mean, I am definitely not qualified for this. Plus, I thought I bombed that interview. But the truth is, God's not desperate. He just sees more in you than you see in yourself. God sees the purpose and the promise that he put in you from the beginning of time, the the call that he has placed on your life. God's dreams for your life are bigger than your own. Plus, he promises that he will work through you in it. That's what we see in verse 20. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. God is working through us, so no matter how unqualified you feel, remember that God is working through you. And so you know what? It's time to get off the bench, Christian. It's time to get into the game. Because this this walk with Jesus, it's not a spectator sport. But enough with the pep talk. Let's get practical. How in the world are you going to start sharing the gospel with your neighbors? Well, here's what I'll tell you. Start with your story. Start with your testimony, because I believe that your story about how God has worked in your life will amplify His glory. Your story amplifies His glory. I think it's so powerful to hear how Jesus transforms and changes the lives of ordinary people. And what it does is it brings to light God's love for His people and for the world. So you got to start with sharing your testimony. And I have for you today a testimony template that I hope will help you in that process. Three simple pieces of your testimony can ensure that you share the gospel and that you point back to God every time you share your testimony. First, talk about your life without God or your life before God. Talk about what are the things that you spent your time doing. Talk about the things that you worshiped. Talk about the things that you focused all of your attention on and the things that you thought were most important before God. And I know some of you might be thinking, well, hey, I've grown up in church and my parents are Christians and I've never known a life before God. And, And that might be true that you haven't known a life without talking about God, but the reality is, is that there was a time before you gave your life to Jesus. And I'm talking about that time. Because we're not born Christian. We can only become Christian when we believe. So think about before you put your faith in Jesus and gave your life to him. What was life like? Number two, 
talk about how you gave your life to Jesus. For most of us, this is a moment in time. You probably remember the day, the location, maybe even down to the minute of when it happened and how it happened. You should be able to share what it felt like when the Holy Spirit was drawing you close to God, when, when you remember feeling pulled towards God and how you responded in faith, how you prayed for God to forgive you of your sins, how you asked Jesus to come into your life, you asked for the Holy Spirit, you asked to be able to be reunited with God. Share what that was like, share that moment, and share how that actually changed you, which is number three. How has your life changed since following Jesus? If people hear that, that you've given your life to Jesus, but then your life doesn't change, they're going to wonder why would they want to do it. They're going to wonder, what's the point? If nothing changes when you put your faith in Jesus, why would I want to do that? So show them the change that God has made in your life. We believe that God transforms lives. So point out the areas that God has been working in you. What has changed? How have your priorities changed? How has the way you spend your time changed? How has your life been changed by Jesus? And share that with your neighbors. And then you got to remember that when you're sharing your testimony, you're going to be sharing the gospel message of Jesus because you can't share your story without sharing God's story. You can't share about how Jesus saved your life without pointing to the fact that Jesus can save theirs. So your story is the key to sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And when it comes to sharing, you got to let the Holy Spirit be your source. Because I can already tell that some of you are way too much in your heads. You've got a million what ifs flying around, scaring you away. What if, what if they ask some tough questions? What if I don't know what to say? What if, what if I say the wrong thing? Well, let me give you some scripture to encourage you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4-6 through 6 say this, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Let me encourage you today. Your confidence doesn't come from your skill, your knowledge, or even your personality. It comes from God. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will draw somebody in. It's the Holy Spirit that's compelling. I'm sorry, you might think that you're charismatic. You might think that you've got some charisma, but you ain't got nothing on the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's work in your life and the Holy Spirit working in and through you that will actually make that moment powerful. So you can lean in to God and ask Him to be the one who guides you of who to talk to and when to share. You don't have to make it your agenda. You can let God's mission be on His timing because that's the way it's supposed to be. So lean into the Holy Spirit. Trust God to do the work because at the end of the day, God is the one that transforms lives, not you. It's not going to be your amazing testimony that saves somebody. It's not going to be your amazing testimony that transforms somebody's life. It will be God working through it. It will be God working in that person. So take heart. The Holy Spirit is going to do the work. Let the Spirit be the source. And then third and finally, 
practice makes perfect. I know, another coaching cliche, but it's so true and it's even true as we think about sharing the hope that's transformed our lives. When it comes to sharing your testimony, you gotta practice it. So start by practicing in the mirror by yourself if you've never shared it with somebody. Just run through it a few times and work through your three points of life before God, how you gave your life to Jesus, and then what's changed as you follow Jesus. Share that with yourself in a mirror, and then move to sharing it with your spouse or your family. And then share it with your small group. Share it with your friends and coworkers. And ultimately, the goal, the goal of this series, the goal of, of life as a Christian who lives in this world is to share your testimony with your neighbors, to share the hope that has transformed your life with the people who live next door. Because the truth is, your neighbors need hope, maybe now more than ever. And if you have Jesus in your life, if you follow him, if you know what he's done for you and what he's done for this broken world, you have the hope that they are looking for. So start today. It's not too late. Focus on what's most important and express love to your neighbors. Show them the heart of God. Invite them into your home and into community and share the hope that's transformed your life. And watch God transform your neighborhood. Let's pray. Father God, we're so grateful that you are the one that transforms lives. God, that you sent your son Jesus and that he has changed each and every one of us who have put our faith in him and that you offer yourself to those who have not yet believed as a free gift, God. And my prayer is that somebody listening to this, somebody watching this today would put their full faith and trust in you, that they would turn away from the things of this world and that they would follow after you and receive eternal life. God, help us to practice the art of neighboring. Help us to see your heart for people. Help us to invite others into our homes and help us to share the hope that you have given us in your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Scotts Hill Podcast. Thank you to those who continue to give generously to this ministry. If you want more information about Scotts Hill, how to get connected in your community, or want to know more about Jesus, visit www.scottshill.org slash podcast for more information. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe to get notifications of future episodes. You can also share it with your friends via text message or take a screenshot and post it on your social media stories. Make sure to tag us at Scotts Hill. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.